Welcome back to Domina Ava After Dark. And I am right now seated outside of the studios of, I think it's called GTF Radio. Um, which is to say, I'm about to embark on a radio show. <laughs> and so I'm going to do a podcast at the same time. Um, so I'm about to walk into the studio right now in order to, um, do this radio show that's actually just begun. And so I wanted to give you guys a heads up. Um, it will be a conversation between me and a lady named Miss Stacy who owns a local dungeon and, uh, she's cool. She's seen a lot of stuff. She's been within the fetish world for, oh, a minute now, I want you more like, you know, if you're not hip and quick on binocular, what I'm basically saying is she's been in the fetish world for, uh, I'm, I think probably over three decades, three decades. Uh, I'm just packing up my car right now and uh, we're going to walk in the studio together. All right, guys, here we go. I'm about to go in on... On uh, um, the radio show, talking to Miss Stacy. Let's get it. Let's see what door we go in. Probably not that one. I'm thinking this one. This must be it. Let's walk upstairs. Yeah. This looks like it. This looks like the place. Hmm. All right. Oh, we're here. Hi, hi. Hi, I've started. Are we on air yet? We're on air. Oh, perfect. Hi. Hello, everybody. Yep, she's here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm a few minutes late. Well, maybe, so she can uh, chat. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's... I'm on the other end of the day. <laughs> right? 5.07 in the afternoon. I'm saying good morning. That is my speed. <laughs> so there's a set of headphones. All right. Perfect. Thank you. I'm about to uh, also live stream this on my on my uh, OnlyFans page. So, yeah, I'm excited. Hi. Hello. So for those of you that are catching up to us. Um, it's Mistress, right? Mistress Ava? Yeah, um, Domina Ava Thank Savage. You. Yeah, and that's okay. This is my brain today, <laughs> I've had my head in taxes and stuff, and <laughs> it's not... Oh. It's coming back. <laughs> oh, well, that's the best excuse in the world. Right. You're losing your brain because you've had your head in taxes. taxes all day. I've only met a few people throughout my lifetime that are like, I love taxes. Well, I'm not one. Trust me, I'm not one. <laughs> or maybe they just love filing them. I have no idea. I don't like any of There's the some above, weirdos but... out there. <laughs> that's so fetish. Oh, my gosh. That sounds like a fetish to me, right? Like, so, uh so on the show today, we're going to do things a little different. Um, I'm getting interviewed. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. So why yes, don't yes. you? Um, I'm going to let you tell them what's going down. All right. So I am interviewing Miss Stacy, and all you listeners on Miss Stacy's radio station already know who she is. But you've been in the industry for how long? The fetish world. Well, we started out not in the industry. Actually, I just started out in the fetish world, in the BDSM kink world, um, swinging world. Good God, thirty. 30 years ago? I don't even know. Um, probably even before I knew PJ. But when we got together, we ended up going down that path. Right, So it's right. been a long time. So but we've been together a long time. So decades, I would assume. Yeah, correct. we've been together 30... We've been married 33 years, together for about 36. All right, right. So, yeah. So, um, so you, you have history, much history, decades, maybe 30 <laughs> years within the fetish world. Yeah. And so you've got stories. So to, um, to answer your question, all you listeners who are new uh, on my podcast or on my OnlyFans, um, what I'm doing is we're having an in-depth conversation yeah. with a woman <laughs> who has her ear to the ground on all of the kinky shit that's gone down within my city and even in other countries that you've experienced. I want to know stories. I'm so excited to talk to you. <laughs> you and I have had great conversations before. And uh, you've been um, generous enough to invite me um, to uh, our women's group. We have a women's group uh, here in Calgary that happens mm. once a month where... We share stories, and oh my goodness, you guys, I can't even, I don't even know where to start. It's fucking fun. It's so fucking fun to uh, get together with other fetishists and just mm -hmm. just talk about how weird we are, <laughs> right? Without, without any apprehension. Like, it's like, no. <laughs> For me, it's not weird. For me, it's normal. So, I, 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 yeah, when people go, it's it's. It's weird. I'm like, oh, it's normal. <laughs> <laughs> really, though, yeah. What is, is but also, like, what is normal? I feel like everything's sort of, you know, right. it's normal for us, but, like, maybe not for everybody. And I love being weird. Like, I own that shit. Right. I want to be and weird. And we should. Absolutely, all the time. we should. We should. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We shouldn't be, you know, too many people actually take a step back and go, well, this is what society says. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so this is what I should be doing. Mm. And reality is, is we sh really should not do that. In reality, yeah. we, we need to take a step back and go, no, this is who I am as a person. Right. And embrace that. Right. It takes a brave person to do that. Yes. But once you come into your own and you realize that it's real and it's okay, then who cares what somebody else thinks? You nailed it. Yeah, it takes some introspection. Yeah. Um, it takes some... You know, and, and and maybe that's not comfortable for a lot of people, but, you know, it's so easy to be indoctrinated and just to, yeah. you know, be told from a young age, like, this is what exactly. you should and should not do. Exactly. Don't deviate away from this. And, and in order to figure out what you want and, uh, you know, separate the wheat from the chaff, like... Like, what is it that I want? Exactly. Not, not what, it, what is it that society or my parents or my siblings or my best friends want. No, what do I want? What feels good for me? Right. And that takes introspection. And I find more and more recently, uh, less people 
seem to be inclined to right. look for inter like to look within. Yeah. Um, it's actually quite shocking. There's a lot of robot people out there exactly. um, with with no uniqueness, and and it makes me quite sad. Um, it became very apparent to me during COVID. Like, you know, this, yeah. uh, no matter what your yeah opinion is, it's just it seemed to me like uh, people uh, maybe didn't formulate. Um, their own opinions, whether they were for, you know, certain rules and regulations or not. But most humans who were not uh, were too afraid to speak out. And and I think it's it's probably important that we all I think during COVID, two things happened, I Mm. think, um, as as especially as adults, we either lost ourselves. Mm. because we got caught up in all the craziness that was going on with COVID Mm. or we found ourselves. Yeah, yeah. It was either yeah. one or the other. I because agree. We took the time to say, who am I? What am I? What do I stand for? What do I like? What don't I like? Where do I want to go in my world? Mm-hmm. And in some cases, people realized, yeah, I, I don't want to be in the uh, regular vanilla world. I don't want to be considered this. I don't want to be considered that. Right. I want to go over here, and this is what I want to do. And they've made some changes in their life for that purpose, mm-hmm. where um, other people... Um, I think they lost themselves and they've never come back out of it. And now they're struggling with psychological problems or struggling with identity problems or struggling with who am I, what am I, and what do I want to do? So I think we've got two sets of extremes in the world now. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm the one that found themselves, so I know where I'm going and what I'm doing. Um, And with some big changes that are going on in our world right now, um, that people... PJ and I have going on in our world, not in the world itself, but in our little world. Um, it's going to be, it's going to allow that to evolve and to become and to grow. So this is why I love talking to you, Miss Stacy. I love talking to you <laughs> because you're, you are introspective. You are introspective, and that was so poign- poignantly, like, you know, and accurately, in my opinion, uh, uh, laid out. And I love that. I love that. I love our conversations. They're rich. We're going to have to take a break. Sure. Because some guy's flashing me and there's no We're being flashed. Damn it. (laughs) So we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk more. um, Maybe Mm. go whatever direction we go. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. (gasps) Okay, so I'm thinking we can... um, Whatever direction. You know, okay, cool. Cool, yeah. We'll back up to the beginning. Yeah. And then we'll we'll sort of move forward on that. Um, what don't you want to talk about? Um, and I can hit pause on here if, if you like. It doesn't matter um, to me. It doesn't care. matter? Okay. Uh, is there anything off limits? This is the girl that's webcammed. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, if, if it's not something I want to chat with, I'll make a comment about okay. it. Or, okay. Or start the conversation. Okay, sure, sure, yeah. Because really, yeah. there's a few things that we are working on that we are not putting out there publicly yet. Mm-hmm. But we yeah. really haven't told anybody. Either, so. Okay, so um, but we can, we launched we announced um, sure Tuesday night we actually announced that we're um, working in conjunction with Kinetic. Okay, cool. So um, we finally announced that. Okay, so I I'm free to talk yeah. about that. Okay, about the moving of the club and the changing of the club and yeah we um let's we, talk about it. That was pretty. Let's talk about your crazy experiences. You no, know, yeah. throughout the decades in the club. That's some good fun stuff. I look like I have a belly on camera right now. It's so cute. <laughs> you guys watching this? 
<laughs> yeah, Heat Wave. What a good song for right now. We're on break right now on the radio and they're playing Heat Wave. And that is so apropos. It's a Heat Wave. If you're not, uh, if you're listening to this podcast and it happens to be in the future, um, today is, what? what's today's 17th. date? Yeah, it's the 17th of August and it's fucking hot, you guys. It's plus 36 degrees centigrade. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. Like, it's fucking hot. So if you're listening to this podcast and it happens to be like, I don't know, December, yo, (laughs) there's a heat wave going down right now on August 17th throughout the whole world almost. So what is it outside? Uh, I believe it's uh, plus 36. What am I doing in an office? That's 96 Fahrenheit. 96 Fahrenheit. Yeah. I was talking to somebody today who was in uh, Florida. Um, I think it was like Tallahassee. Um, yeah, he said he said it was like 120. Uh, he didn't he didn't even know. He was like, it's. Definitely. Well, Vegas is generally 120 to right around the 120 mark right now. Wow. Yeah, that's heavy. That's heavy. It's like going outside and like you're in an oven. You're going is, straight to an oven. Is. Like, yo. I like that though. I love the heat. You love the heat? Yeah, I don't complain. I do. I definitely don't complain. It's too. Yeah, I love the heat. Yeah. Yeah. We have winter for too many months around here. Oh, gosh. I know. <laughs> I know, I know. Pretty sad, anyone, eh? We have too much winter. <laughs> seriously, anyone who's complaining about about the heat right now, I'm like, I don't get you. Like, you're one of those people who complains about the weather all of the time. Right. Right? Uh, we're stop on? complaining and just love it. Right? Uh, like, stop complaining. Okay. Let's get it. These lights are, like, just so flattering. Uh, yeah, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Going back on air in a couple seconds here. We're listening to music on air, though. And we're going to talk. We're going to get into the nitty gritty. Mm. Stick with us, you guys. We're just waiting for the song to finish.
All right. Hi. Hi. Okay. GTFO. So we're on GTFO Radio. Yep. And where are you guys uh, streamed? Where can you guys be found? We actually just have our website. They can go okay. right on our website. Okay. Pick it up right off there. So the the website is GTFO Radio. Radio.com. Yeah. Dot CA. Dot CA. Okay. So GTFO Radio. Dot CA, everybody. Um, and GTFO came uh, from, tell me. Um, it actually stands for Get the Fuck on Radio. Okay, not get the fuck out, just get the yeah, fuck get on. on. Yeah, and and where did you guys come up with get the fuck on? Um, that was PJ. I like it. <laughs> nice PJ. Yeah, he, he did that, not me. He came to me with this That's idea great. one 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 day and said, "I thought I want to do a radio station." And I looked at him and said, "You're crazy." Radio's great. And then uh, next thing I know, we had a radio station. Nice, <laughs> nice. And how long have you been on the radio for? Good God, let's see. We started in 2016. Jesus, I lost two years. July twenty fourteen. That's like yeah, yeah that that yeah twenty fourteen. That's a long during time. During COVID, we did have to take down the station because we lost all of our sponsorship. Oh geez, because it was very lifestyle focused, and all of our sponsors sponsorship was lifestyle focused. Uh huh. So we, of course, COVID hit. Nobody did lifestyle, so we lost everything. Wow. But we decided um, we were sitting there chatting, and one day I finally. He, um, we, we were talking about it and it was like, what if, what if, what if we did this? What if we brought it back? What if we brought right. it back? And then one day I finally went, I don't think this is a what if anymore. I think it's mm. a, we're going to do this. Right. And so it's when. Right. And we started going, when we do this. And the next thing you know, we just decided, let's just do it. Let's just bring it back. Well, good for you guys. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure it's been a real natural big progression, like it, it's, it's slow progression. But uh, it's coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's quite a learning curve. And now that we already, don't yeah. have the um, the club at the um, you know the, the club that anymore, we are going to now really start focusing on GTFO. Okay, so tell me about the club. <sighs> yeah, I look my worst today. <laughs> I do too. Listen, I do too. Listen, I didn't put on a single ounce of makeup. I was like, fuck it. Fuck it, let's do this. So, um, the club yeah. was, was Calgary Adult Playground Club, uh, commonly known as CAPC, mm-hmm. um, originally. And then it moved into, um, it kind of morphed a little bit into a polyamory. So, Calgary Adult Polyamory Club. And so, it kind of, it's kind of grown and changed over the years. But it is an alternative lifestyle club. So, any walk of life, no matter whether you are into the kink, the fetish, the swinging, the... Um, poly gay straight lesbian whatever it was it was always welcomed okay um at the and it had an actual venue Mm -hmm. and um over the course of since about january to now and and over the course of the last few months we went into talks with one of the other clubs in calgary Mm -hmm. um they were looking for a space for one of their section of their club and we were kind of thinking maybe it's time we give this up and it's not that we want time to give up get out of the industry or get out of the lifestyle, but time to give up the bricks and mortar because we knew we had all this other stuff we wanted to go do. And we knew there was no way we were going to be able to do it and all the other stuff. Mm. It was just, it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So something yeah. had to move, something right. had to leave. And uh, so we connected with Kinetic mm-hmm. Club here in Calgary. Okay. And um, they um, were in the final stages of working through that. And they are going to take over the Capsi space and run their men's group out of there. All right. The men's club. 
So a whole bunch of questions. Uh, okay, <laughs> so we talked about the inception of GTFO Radio, but the inception of of Cap C, Canada Adult Playground. When was that? Like, when did you guys open your doors? Well, actually, it was open when we took it over. So okay. this is how it started. Okay. It originally start was owned by a group of three. And they originally started in their basement, one of their basements, and it grew so substantially that they needed a bricks and mortar. And so they moved it to that location to where it was here in Northeast Calgary. And they ran it for, I don't know if it was a year or a year and a half out of there or something like that. And then they decided that they wanted to sell it. They didn't want to do it. You know, they were going to go move their own way. <clears throat> and then the next group came along and they bought it and renovated it. And um, they ran it for a while. And in the meantime, we were members at the okay. club during the so process. So what years are we talking, just so I can get... So 1999 idea. is when it originally started in somebody's okay. basement. 2000, it moved into this bricks and mortar. Huh. And 2002, three, I think we became members. Maybe it was a little bit mm -hmm. less. Mm -hmm. And then about 2000 and... Somewhere along in there, I guess it was about 2003, we started actually doing fetish events because we were into the fetish scene and we were going to um, the bizarre balls and the rubber dinners and all the stuff that was going on in Calgary. But everybody kept saying there was no place to play. There was no place uh, to play BDSM or to do your scenes or to do any of that. And we realized that. So we approached the owners of the club and said, we want to rent your space because there's nowhere uh, to do this stuff. Mm. And they just happened to be kinky as fuck individuals, too, so it was great. So they were like, okay, do it. So we did it for about three months. We did okay. one Friday night a month for about three months. And we ran these parties. And they quickly realized, eh, these guys maybe know what they're doing. Or they might nice. have an idea of what they're doing. So um, they approached us and asked us if we wanted to take on the managing of the club. And we mm. went, no, no, we'll buy in. And nice. so we ended up buying in. And um, eventually bought everybody else out and took over the actual running of the club ourselves. Okay, so I heard you mentioning rubber parties mm -hmm. and fetish balls. I want to know more about what they looked like back 20 years ago. What? Yeah. In Calgary. Calgary uh, used to have a bustling... I mean, it's still there today, but I think it's more underground today. Mm -hmm. But it used to have a real bustling BDSM fetish kinky scene. And... Um, it's funny because another guy and I were talking about this here not that long ago at the club. Um, it was, they were held in bars, so a regular bar. No way. Yeah, they were held in a regular bar. So they would rent out, take over the bar for the night. Like a fetish ball. Yeah. At just like a regular a bar, bar. Oh, right? that's awesome. It was at a bar. 20 years ago. And they were quite different back then to what they are today. But okay. they were in a bar. And so you would... Um, I can't, you'd buy tickets, mm -hmm. or you'd pre-book, or you would just show up at the door to get into these. But you had to be in and dress. Okay. And people dressed. To go to these events, really? you dressed. You didn't just walk in in a pair of jeans. You were in either leather or latex or PVC or something. Right. Because you were at a fetish event. And the dress back then is totally different than what some of the dress so? today. I think... Now, I haven't been to some of the fetish ones, like in Vancouver and mm -hmm, Montreal mm -hmm, and stuff, mm -hmm. but I know some of the parties that they have here today and or some of the stuff that we've seen from here today, they don't dress up in the, to the nines like mm. they used to, right? Like, yeah, I, I mean, I would put on a full 
I had PVC skirts and jackets and leather skirts and jackets and pants. And you would put on a full leather suit with a pair of four-inch high spiked high heels, right? And you were, and I'm a bling girl, so I had all my bling on, right? So that's what you wore to go to this stuff. It wasn't show up in a pair of black blue jeans and maybe a leather jacket. Was that allowed? No, actually it wasn't. Okay, good. Because mm-hmm. usually at these fetish, if um, some of you listeners are listening yeah. who haven't been to a fetish event, uh, there's a dress code and you have to dress fetishy. Yeah. Um, which which can be hard in a place like Calgary nowadays yep. because there's not a lot of places that one can locally buy no. latex or leather or hoods or even like a lot of fetish equipment. No, not so anymore. I can't. So twenty years ago, was it more prevalent? Like, could you go to a local? Was there a local spot where a person could get geared up and like wardrobed in a fetish wardrobe? A or few. like, what did it look like then? There was a few spots you could wow. go to. Yeah, there was a few that that carried. They carried it, and you could. Um, no, I bought a lot of my stuff in the U.S. Right, right. right. I would have Which it was way more yeah. prominent in the U.S., of course, right, where I went. We were in Vegas, right. and it was always quite prominent there compared to here. And so a lot of my stuff came out of the U.S. It didn't come from here. And I hate to admit that, but it did. <laughs> but I was fortunate enough that we were going down all the time to the States, and we were so we were constantly down there and being able to buy it. But um, so, yeah, so these fetish balls, they, so they would do all kinds of different demonstrations. So I remember the one where you sat the way it was is the stage was kind of in the front center and everybody sat around it at tables and you got service from the waitressing staff and all that stuff. Oops. And um, but the demonstrations, so you would watch demonstrations. They, everybody was dressed dressed up and you could communicate with everybody. But the demonstrations were everything from flogging spankings um i remember one where it was the i can't remember exactly what it's called but the flesh hook yeah talk to us about that That you mentioned that before what was was that what was that tell me it's hard to watch uh, what does I'm, the, not what a pierce, I'm not into piercings, so for me it was hard to watch. Yes. So Can, I, it's very vague what I actually remember seeing from it, but they actually put the hook in the person and then lifted them up. And how many hooks? There was two, two hooks. Two, yeah. Suspending a body from the ground. Yeah. And where were the hooks? Like in, in the back. In the upper in back, the back, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the meaty part, right? Yeah. You always have to do yeah, the meaty yeah. part. Yeah. So that was pretty Only two hooks. Yeah. That's fucking wild. From what I remember. Jeez. Yeah. And then, wow. but then we saw lots of, you know, you saw lots of rope and lots of other stuff. So yeah, yeah. lots of shibari and stuff. Tons. Well, so what do you think happened to the fetish like world within Calgary? The, you know, just, just sort of listening to the history of where you've come from and where like you, what you've seen in the fetish world 20 years ago and where it is now, I feel like there's been um, a change and it hasn't necessarily been for the better. Uh, I agree. Could you chime in about that? Like, what what's happened? Um, I think there's a combination of stuff. I think when mm-hmm. politics got in the way. Okay. You know, that political thing that we have going on in our world and in Calgary. You know, Calgary did shut down some stuff. Alberta shut down some stuff. And it's, you know, again, the government gets involved and really get your nose out. You know, you don't deserve to be in here um, in this part of my life. They, um, and I think, too, people's attitudes changed. People changed. Mm-hmm as well um, throughout our lives we've changed and then um, I think there was a bunch of doms that couldn't get along 
Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. And that had some implications well, on the fetish world locally, huh? It's kind of a, some of the joke is you put a bunch of doms in a room and, and uh, they're all fighting for, for who they're going to be. And there, some of that has mm-hmm. happened here in Calgary that's over so the sad. years. Where they were running different events and what happened is one tried to be the queen bee or the queen king or the king. Or, and next thing you know, it, it blows up because everybody's fighting with everybody. You know, um, mm. I know of an event organizer here recently um, was putting on events and has decided to no longer do it. And part of that is the attitude of people, yeah. entitlement. Right. 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 She's like, I'm, Ego. like I'm done. Ego. I can't deal with this anymore. Mm. And people are think they're so entitled <clears> to stuff, <throat> and yet they're not grateful for what's being presented to them. Right. right? And um, I think that's a really hard thing today. So I think that's what's happened. I think it's everything from a political standpoint right through to people's attitudes. And yeah, yeah, there seems to be more entitlement it's, lately. I, I feel this. I feel very similar. And that, I think came out of COVID. And yeah, it also came out of COVID. But I also think too, mm. like if you don't know what goes into putting on an event, there's a lot. A lot. There is a ton Talk that to goes into that. putting an event, and it doesn't matter whether it's at a venue that you run every weekend, mm-hmm. or whether it is an elite party that I'm putting on, whether it's a hotel takeover, whether it's a trip you're organizing with a group of people. Because I've done trips with groups of people mm-hmm. that we've put on. Um, there's a lot of work, and it goes through the conception of the idea to, okay, I've got this idea, and I want to do this. Now, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. Where do I do this? How do I get the people to come to it? What mm. am I going to offer these people? So there's a lot of work that goes into this, and it starts everything from booking the, if it's a hotel, booking the hotel takeover, booking the hotel, organizing and talking with the hotel. Then you've got to try and get some people on your side to work with you to organize this thing because, heck, you can't do it on your own depending on the size of the event. Mm, mm-hmm. And then, I mean, even the events we throw still today with the elite, I have a team that works with me to throw those events on because there's no way I could do them by myself. I could, yeah. but I'm not going to. I'm not that stupid. Well, there's so right? many things that people don't even get much thought to. No, I mean, yeah. everything. The little details mm. matter the most at yeah. these events. It isn't watching somebody hang somebody by hooks or flogging somebody or beating somebody or tying them up. What really is is the key little detail things that you do to, at that event that makes somebody go, that was wicked. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. You know, and um, the big things add to it. Absolutely. They're the drawing cards, but the little things get people to come back. Right. Time and time again. Yeah. The other day you were talking about a 70s theme party. And, yeah. We're getting and ready just, for one. Yeah. And, and just, just certain little details like the, you know, the food, little meatballs and, you know, the decorations and it's the types of, of finger food. And I, it like, of course, the music and and the outfits and that's so cool you know it's there's so much more to it than than what people i i find that when people go to a party they may not notice it cuz they're too wrapped up in having fun right. but but like in the somewhere in the back of a lot of their minds is like oh my god that was special and maybe they can't yeah. pinpoint what it is but you know more often than not if they can it's like oh it was special because it was unique and exactly. it offered a different energy and like a different experience. And yeah. that's what makes special special. It's, it's unique. Right. So, and that's yeah. the same with the fetish events that used to happen, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. even the ones that are going on today around the yeah. world, it's the same thing. It's the little things that get put into those events and the sure. volume, because we were talking about the Vancouver one, right? Mm. And the volume and the time that that takes to put those events together yeah. is astronomical because you got to yes. hit every detail 
right on mm. or it's not gonna it's not gonna go the way it should you bet and i spoke a little bit about that in my last podcast um for listeners of gtfo radio my podcast is called dominant ave after dark and you can listen to it on spotify and other platforms anyhow I see we're that. gonna take another yeah. little break when we come back we'll chat some more and I'm like, yeah, I don't need that. Yeah, that's not a dom. Because like, I know when to take a step back. Right? And I know when to be present. Right? Yeah. yeah. A, dom, a dom is not an angry, no. aggressive, no. mean woman. In fact, a real good dom is a really calm, unfuckable with, like calm-centered yeah. woman. Normally. You know? Normally. Should be. In my opinion. Should be. <laughs> yeah. You know? I just shake my head. Oh, really, though? Yeah. I want to get more into that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. We're listening to an intro on our way back to the radio. Hi, welcome back. Also, all my podcast listeners to GTFO Radio, GTFO uh, website, radio.ca. Yes, everybody. (laughs) Take a note, take a note. All right, so we're back. And we were talking during the break about uh, the difference between, like, a a real dom, um, what a real dom could or should look like, and what um, this this sort of uh, prototype... Um, poor version really yeah a poor version of what a dom is and you have been you have seen a lot of things over the past what would you say you've been into the fetish world for over 30 40 years how long well i wouldn't say well i've always been interested in fetish but we didn't get into it till after really between the two of us till we were together okay so since 1999 though for sure so that i'm sure like yeah okay 90s so for a long time so you've seen a lot of professional doms over the decades and And in your opinion, what separates like a real dom, what a real dom should or could potentially look like and and what somebody who's who's sort of like trying to be a dom? Well, in my opinion, somebody who is a true dom, and this is just my opinion, not necessarily anybody else's, but is that it's just a natural instinct. They know they don't have to try to be a dom. They can walk in a room and command the room. They can sit and they have something about them that draws people to them, Mm. right? They're not having to stomp their feet and jump up and down and, and, you know, kind of, I don't even know how to describe it, but stomp around and try and be, try and be that dom. They're just, it just, it's there. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. just it's absolutely there. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether it's a male or a female, it just it's just their presence 
brings that into the room and brings that in with them and it doesn't matter what scenario they're in so if they're with their submissive or their boy or their girl or whatever you call want to call that bottom whatever you want to call that individual or they are um it just happens Right. Right? It's just yeah. a natural thing. Absolutely. A certain je ne sais quoi in yeah. French, you know, I don't know what it is. I think it translates into, like, a, just a certain essence of, like, someone who's not trying to be a bully and be aggressive. Yeah, exactly. There's a big difference between exactly. aggressiveness and assertiveness, right? Like, yeah. and, and, and trying to impose your will on somebody, and it comes from a place of unworthiness. Yeah. Like, it, it being a dominatrix, I mean... A, per, a woman or a man, whoever it is, should feel worthy and should feel good about themselves. Exactly. And, and in order to do so, like, they don't need to, uh, what is there to value in a person exactly. who's who's acting like trash and treating you like trash? And, you know, like, I don't, yeah, I, I don't understand the, the sort of allure no. to that. And so that's why, for me, it's been throughout the years, like, really important for me to maintain um, strong boundaries around myself because I do believe that boundaries equal self-worth. So if I don't, if I don't treat myself well and, um, and have boundaries around what feels good for me and what doesn't, then how, um, what is, what is there to, what is there to bow down to me? Like, what is there to worship um, about me? Um, I have to feel like a, like a, an incredible woman for somebody else to sort of see that within me. Exactly. And so that's why I say I have the personal opinion that there's a big difference between a real dominatrix, in my opinion, and a prostitute. Um, seeing a real dominatrix, I feel yeah. like when I, my own yeah. sort of way of going about in this world is if I have a new client who comes to me and um, who's never seen a pro-dom before, you know, here's what I'll say to set the to set the pace for the the scenes that we're about to embark in. I I say at the very beginning, I say, have you ever seen an escort? And and many, you know, most most by far have said yes. And um, you know, and this this again is within the realms of this is right. within the case of of somebody coming to a pro dom for the first time. And I'll say to them, listen, this is going to be exactly the opposite, exactly the opposite. I'm a dominatrix, which means dominant, and <laughs> I'm the pimp. <laughs> You're my little hoe. Let's get this real clear. <laughs> You're my little hoe, and and so they understand what that is. Dominatrix means dominant. You're gonna serve me. Um, you know, it's not about me serving you. So be under me. <clears throat> be um, be vulnerable. And the more vulnerable you are. The more, the more you're gonna exactly you're get gonna out get out of, of this, absolutely right. Absolutely. So yeah, and so there's a big difference between fake doms and real doms. You know, in, in, in the world where those that are not in the pro scene, right? They're just a natural dominatrix living yeah. their life on the um, on the, not as pros, right? There's a, there are a ton of people out there that are dom doms that do live a dominatrix lifestyle, but they are not a pro dom. Mm-hmm. They don't get paid to do what they do. They don't get right 
And again, though, it also goes back to it's a natural instinct, but there's also respect. And mm-hmm. there's respect for those that are around you, both as, not, and I'm not talking in terms from a sub, I'm talking in terms from the dom. She respects the other individuals that are present within the room. And it doesn't matter whether they're a submissive or whether they're a dominant or whether it's the person that's serving you dinner that night at the restaurant, right? You respect these individuals. And I think that's really important. And I think some of that gets lost because they get it in their heads that I'm a dom and you're going to do what I want and you're going to give me what I want. Mm, Not necessarily. And Mm -mm. so I think it's also very important that as a dominant, that not only are you a natural one and you it's within you and it comes out from you but and you respect those around you but you also know when to take a step back you know when to say this is not the time for me to be in this position or this is not the time for me to be assertive or this is not mm. the time for me and then that happens a, I think there's a lot of that missed and I think that's what happened in part of the kink community here in Calgary at one time is they didn't know when to say I can take a step back, let you have the stage right now, mm-hmm. and then because my turn will come. Right, right. Right? And I think yeah. I think that's what happened in a lot of areas. I yeah. I know, I, I can tell when it's time for me to take a step back and let somebody else shine. Absolutely. Because everybody needs to shine all the for time, sure. right? They don't always, but some of them, they just don't know how to do that. Yeah, I feel like when you come from a place of unworthiness, you want to, you yeah. know, and, and uh, you want to hog that spotlight. You want to, you know, be aggressive yeah. in in, yeah. <clears throat> in a way that's, that's not classy. Right. Uh, a dominatrix, in my opinion, should be, you know, classy, classy should be a goddess. A goddess yes. is classy. Like, yes. what are we doing? She yes. shouldn't be acting like a man no. um, if she's a female. Um, I There's a... You know, you see a lot of dominatrixes acting like men. I, I don't know. I don't really quite understand yeah. what that is. It's that uh, I'm sure there's, you know, there's probably a fetish for that. And that's okay. Yeah. But that's not what it is. Yeah. Um, a, a goddess is feminine and, and, and doesn't have to assert her power. People want to serve her. There's seduction involved. Yeah. Seduction. And seduction True. doesn't happen when you're imposing your will on somebody else. No, 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 no. no. That's not, that's no. Not seduction. That's actually no. almost, and, and yet that, with that too, they can also go towards this, the, towards abuse your dark over there. I know, I know. My <laughs> phone died. My, oh, did it die? My, my OnlyFans <laughs> Live just died. I'm sorry. I could have given you a plug-in. <laughs> oh, it's too late now. We'll wait for the next commercial break. But um, but what we're talking about right now, to me, is absolute gold. And I love hearing this from somebody like you who has been within the fetish world for as long as you have. This is such important information oh, that, that like people need to know. I, this is so important. Everybody who listens, like there's a huge difference. And also there's a huge skill set also yeah. involved in being a dominatrix like an understanding of physiology and of of um psychology especially because as a dominatrix one mu- like i feel one must understand the inner workings of of the mind to some extent because i say that what i do is at least 80 percent psychological like it's 80 well, percent it psychology it is it's a fucking mind fuck and it's so fun and it's you know it's it's liberating people in the most insane way most incredible incredible way that's yeah. not so obvious you know to onlookers but uh this is good stuff i love this conversation and you kinda, 
too, you know, with the mind fuck, it can take you it can take you in two directions. You can either go in a good direction mm. where when you come out of it everybody's like, Wow, that was amazing. Yeah. Or it can go down a bad hole mm. in a bad direction because it does bring up the triggers. Oh and yeah. I think it's really important that you know how to deal with triggers. Absolutely. Right? You know how to and, and I mean sometimes you don't know how to deal with them until they're here. Right. Right? Yeah. All of a sudden they make an appearance and it's like that but that's psychology there too, right? It is, it's and like, that's what I mean about the mind, yeah, about yeah. the whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So you have to be, yeah. I think, as a dominatrix, you, you got to be in that position that you can, you're willing to do, not do anything, but deal with anything, because anything can happen at any time. I mean, I've done scenes, PJ can attest, he was part of them that went sideways, right? Mm, you know, mm. and... Can you tell me about one? Um, uh, uh, unless you want to just finish that part. Yeah, okay. so, and it went sideways. Mm-hmm. And so he, I mean, so you have to be able to deal with that. You have to either re, re, move it to a different direction or just go, you know what, we're done. Mm. And mm. stop it. And, and reevaluate it. And, but I've heard, I've heard horror stories of, of, um, doms, I don't even know what to call them, to be honest, <laughs> that haven't recognized that and haven't mm. dealt with it Mm-mm. and have taken it too far. And I think that's also an issue that happens. And that's why I say an actual dom knows when to go on, when to take that step back, when not to do something, right? When the time is right, when the time, especially if you're 24-7, right? Some of us live 24-7 this lifestyle. So you have to know, like, what kind of mood is my partner in and is he okay and and can we continue on down this path because you might say I want you down on the grounds looking my shoes cleaned before I leave the house today but then he's in a really bad mood so maybe that's not exactly the time (laughs) right he just got a call from somewhere and it didn't go well and so maybe not the time to be telling him to lick your shoes right (laughs) you might want to do something a little different that goes when things calm down do this Right, right. Right. Or down the road, you might text them and go, all right, now I need you to go do this for me. Right. Right. Instead of that moment, because that moment maybe wasn't the right time. Yes, absolutely. Right. Um, I would say some of the biggest name doms in the world, um, you know, for me, I, I really research the industry, yeah. like before I even went into it. I mean, I was a lifestyle fetishist and, and just getting uh, gathering as much information as possible about who the big doms are and what they're doing and what this means and i wanted to know everything about it before i got into it and what i realized is some of the biggest doms are the most empathetic kind down to earth mentally healthy people mentally healthy they're centered you know they're strong they're resilient women they're goddesses and you know and and they are they're non-reactionary they're they're strong on their yeah. feet they are powerful women in the right way like exactly. and powerful in the right way oh is that ever different than powerful in the wrong way and i would say that you know for me i've seen a lot of doms uh uh become well i can only speak to my own my own experience rather um I find that it would be so easy for human and uh, for myself anyway to have become a cliche, like a middle-aged, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, mm-hmm. a middle-aged woman yes. who who works in works as a sex worker who hates men and is bitter and angry and hate, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's disgusting. Ew. Like what yeah. a cliche. Ew. Yeah. And you know what if if that's the case, 
what do I have to give anyone? Like, that's just exactly. not a way. Yeah, no. That's just not a, like, it's a not men- healthy. It's not healthy. Not healthy it's draining and it's gross and yuck. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I'm in the most privileged position. People come to me and then tell me their secrets every fucking day. Like, they yeah. come to me and they tell me their secrets and they tell me things that they've never told anyone. No. That is a privileged position. Right. And I mean, like, I hear more secrets probably than, like, a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Because there is less judgment. Yeah. There is less labeling. There is no judgment. You know, in, in fact, there's no judgment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You so, can't have judgment so, when you're doing that kind exactly. of Exactly. Uh, like a real good dom, like, a, you know, I find that a personality, a subset of personality traits uh, uh, makes for a good dom, you know, somebody who, like you said, is naturally, you know, a dominant yeah. and somebody who is also high in trait openness yeah. and high and extroversion probably, yeah. um, you know, because we have to deal with new people and, and a good listener, you know, and, yeah. a, and, and, and a good analytical well, you have thinker, to be, right? right? You have to think it. I, I believe, yeah. yeah, I agree. You have to be analytical, but yeah. um, we're almost at the end of the show. Oh, jeez. This, <laughs> I, I haven't even begun. What are we going to do? <laughs> we'll just have to go back home to Oh, my one. goodness. You bet we <laughs> we'll will. We will. series. We barely <laughs> but even. It's, um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I'm, um, oh, I forgot where I was going with that comment. Go figure. It's just one of them days. Yeah, just um, traits that a real good dom has. Yeah, but. so just being a, a, a strong individual, you know, and and I think I think that's what I was going to go with. I think as an as a dominant and as an individual um, who is dominant by nature, doesn't mean you're somebody who's willing a, who's going to will the whip, wheel the whip. I can't get that out. Or you know, be in a position where you're going to tell somebody to get down on their knees, or you're going to tell, because that individual can also be somebody who's just a strong individual person and has a dominant structure in their life or that dominant air or about them, but they can command that in a room as well. Mm. Mm. So there's lots of levels of dominating. There's lots of levels of domination. There's lots of levels of individuals that are in that manner. But I think I agree with you 100% that you have to be grounded. You have to know yourself well. Mm. You have to um, understand who you are as a person from the inside before you can actually allow that dominant individual to come out. Touche. Right? I think that's the most important thing that you have to do. And... That, that can be anything from spiritual work or just finding yourself in what reality. Profound insight you have. Yeah. yeah. So you. uh, you've been listening to GTFO Radio, Get the mm-hmm. Fuck On Radio. This mm-hmm. is the Miss Stacy Show. I've been kind of sort of interviewed, kind of sort of just having a conversation because that's how things go. <laughs> yeah, with Domina Ava Savage. And find you where? And find me on Domina Ava Savage on everything. I mean, everything. Um, DominaAvaSavage.com, DominaAvaSavage at gmail.com. I mean, <clears throat> listen, just Google my name. That's all you... She does come up, I know. <clears throat> I, I, I'll come up. I'll come up. You'll find me there. Just, uh, yeah, I've got a different name. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, you'll find me. And if you want to contact me, uh, do it through my website or through my email because I don't answer my DMs or my Twitter. Now it's called X Messages. Right. I know. I've seen that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, good old Elon. Well, thanks for coming on. We'll do another <laughs> Thank show Thank you for having road. me. And you <sighs> have a great night. Stay sexy. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Can we continue our conversation just a little bit? Sure. Yeah, if you don't mind. 
Um, that was really fun. Thank you for having me on. Oh, thanks for coming. Oh my god, I loved it. Um, <clears throat> but I felt like we kind of went off in different directions. Yeah, and, I normally do. <laughs> and I really, yeah, and I really feel like good conversations do that. Yeah. They um, go in whatever direction. In some of my favorite podcasts, just it's just free flow. It's that's it's it better that be, way, right? right? Yeah. So um, let's let's double back though to um, your experience within the world. And can you tell me a little bit though about like maybe the most wild scenes that you've ever seen? Like something that comes to mind that was like that almost like left a mark on your soul. Like maybe it could have been bad or good. Something that you were like you couldn't quite forget. Oh, there's Is been there a something? few, but the one mm. that stands out um, the mm. most out of absolutely. Everything that I've done is we went to the Fetish and Fantasy Ball in Las Vegas. Mm. And this was in 05, 4, 5, somewhere in there. Because we went to two. Mm. We went to it twice. and uh, But it was the first one. And um, we were actually in attendance with some friends that were more vanilla than they were lifestyle. Mm. Mm-hmm. So um, we're standing at the ball. 2,500 people at the ball. So it was a smaller version of a mm-hmm. ball in reality. In Las Vegas. 2,500. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> dressed in fetish, dressed yeah. in kink, dressed in something, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And we were standing there at the ball, and I'm talking to my girlfriend. We're facing each other. And all of a sudden, I hear hooves coming up behind me. Mm. And not thinking, you're at a fetish party, mm-hmm. blondie. I'm like, who the fuck would bring a horse to this? <laughs> Right? Like, it didn't yeah. even occur to me yeah. where I was. Yeah, yeah. I turned around and looked, and no word of a lie, there was the most stunning blonde pony wow. coming at me. Wow. And this girl, this woman, uh, wow. Mm. Like, I, I, to this day, I am still in just awe about every time I think about it. She had the hoof boots, like the boots with the big hooves on them. That made clickety-clack sounds. Oh, God. She even had them on her hands. Oh, She had the big plume. She had the bridle. She had, like, everything. Like, everything. Bridle. She She had had the blinders and the butt plug tail. And she was just, can I do my horse sounds for you? Yeah, yeah. Before you continue? (laughs) Sure. Can I do this? Okay, so here's what I'll do. I'm I'm gonna make some gestures. I'm gonna do some claps with my hands and I'll do a makeshift horse. Um so listen to this, that will go. Wait, I'll do it on my lap. <laughs> That's good. I'm such a goop. That's good. <laughs> That's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> That's my horse. Um. Anyway, I like to pull that. Well, up that was sometimes. very close to what she was doing. It was. It was absolutely the most majestic. Oh she my god! Majestic. She was just like, like you couldn't take your eyes off of and her. It left a mark on like you. like that, right? And then wow. we saw, there was a bunch of them there, but but yeah. she was more the one that stood out. Mm. Um. And then they had so it was a two tier venue, and we were standing at the top tier looking down, mm-hmm. and they had like um. Um, a corral mm-hmm. set up for her, for them to be in, either mm-hmm. one, any of them, right? And she was in there, and literally, she had the tail, like the swish, down to a freaking tee. Like, it was just, honest to God, it was the most amazing, beautiful sight that I ever saw. And I, I still, I'm, I'm still in awe. Every time I think about it today, I am in an absolute awe of it. Because it I was just it. amazing. Yeah. That's it was, so cool. 
that story just sent like electricity through yeah. my body. And it is still one of my like I'm I'm still big into I still love pony play. Po- pony play is beautiful. Yeah. I love pony play. Out of all fetishes, what fetish is uh, to you at this moment in time? Because sometimes people who've been in the fetish lifestyle oh, for yeah. a long time, change. their fetishes change. And some people are just on like a feedback loop Will they where they won't really like, uh, uh, you know, search for something different and their fetish doesn't really evolve. Um, but for you, your fetish started, Let's. where's it now? And then I want to know where it started. God, I'd like to be able to know where it started. Because mm, yeah. <laughs> it just came out naturally. I yeah. guess it really started more with clothing. Okay, right? okay. Like I've sure. always been one that had to be dressed to the nines, always liked to look good, didn't matter what I did. You know, mm. I was a high heel girl. I wore high heels all the time. I always had a heel on of some sort, no matter what I had on my feet, unless it was runners, right. I had a heel on. Good heel. And um, so I guess really it started with shoes and, and stuff like that and just mm. kind of, and clothing. Yeah. Um, I moved into the leather and the latex and the PVC and the rubber and all that stuff as time over as it evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But again, but then it evolved into other things as well. Yeah. So things like um, and something that I would never I have. A, I'm a huge fat footage. Like I I'm. I don't touch anybody's feet. You touch my feet. Yeah. Right? Okay. I, I'm, see, I have I a huge yeah. foot fetish. Toe sucking, stuff like oh, like next right? level. Yeah. Done. Oh. Orgasm. Just having that around. Like, Isn't it though? Oh my god, it's amazing. I love that. So, yeah. but the one thing that has surprised me. So when I was shooting mm-hmm. film, we did a armpit scene. I love armpit scenes. And I laughed because when PJ came up with this, I was like, well, "You want to shoot what?" Oh, for fuck's sake! What the hell is that going to be? And but you know what? It turned out to be one hell of a turn on. Really? I had no idea so, that having my armpit sniffed was going to be a fucking turn on. I love that you're saying this because I make oh everybody. I make literally every any like I know I have a lot of subs listening to this podcast, and every one of you puppies knows personally if you've served me personally. I make everyone sniff my armpits, and I don't wear deodorant. Like, oh. I make everyone. It's yeah. my move. It's the move. I have not met one person who is like, ew. I, every single sub I have. Because there's something so incredibly, like, yeah. intoxicating about the pheromones of a beautiful woman who sweats, like, this essence of of just... It's it's seductive, like like right? a beautiful woman who eats well and, yeah. and and exercises and has a certain je ne sais quoi of like body odor, like it's seductive as fuck, yeah. you know, really. But I, it's a it's one the fetish best. though. I would never have thought that oh. would have been an interest to me. Right? Oh my goodness. And it just yeah, even to this day. Armpits. So when we were shooting film, mm-hmm. we were doing that, and I was like. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I I would never have thought that. Oh, that's the best. Yeah, smells, armpits, smelling feet, like. The, but the armpit, that's my move. That's one of my moves for nice. everyone. Nice. Is like get down on your Sweet. knees and like smell my armpits. <laughs> I love it. Anyhow, we should wrap up because um I have plans and I'm sure you have plans as well. And um this has been an incredible podcast. I'm. I'm so thankful that you made the time for me. And I feel like we didn't even skim the surface. (laughs) Like, I have so many more questions. So many more questions to ask you. Um, But um, unfortunately, we're going to have to end here. So, Miss Stacey... 
can be found on gtforadio.ca. And then where else? Is there anywhere else where you would like people to find um, you currently? or? Well, I'm still on yeah. Facebook with yeah. um, Miss da- or what is it? Stacy and PJ, mm-hmm. um, which was our club and radio station personalities. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, I am on Twitter and in- just signed up to Instagram. Can you imagine? I just finally you got just on Instagram. Welcome. <laughs> and uh, it's Miss Stacy. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. And it's S. T A C E Y. E Y. Yeah. And it's M S. M S. Okay. So, yeah. Miss Stacy on Instagram, M S. Yeah. Stacy. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And let's do it again sometime. sometime. This was a ride. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for joining us. Thanks with, for having me. Uh, Domina Ava After Dark. Uh, you can find me everywhere, as I stated earlier. All you have to do is Google Domina Ava Savage. Uh, in order to find me, I definitely recommend contacting me if you want to through my Gmail account, DominaAvaSavage at gmail.com or through my website, DominaAvaSavage.com. Thanks for joining us. I look forward to uh, talking to you all again soon. Bye.